listening to the weekly podcast presented by the Lighthouse Midlothian. For more information, please visit us at www.dfwlighthouse.org. Thank you and God bless. so much for your presence today. Lord, we don't take your presence for granted. Lord, we need you. We don't just need you, we want you. And Lord, you don't need us, but you want us. So God, I just thank you for your spirit in this place. I thank you for your word. I pray that you would illuminate your word today and speak to each one of us. Speak to us, God, by your word. Speak to us by your spirit. Let us have a greater understanding, Lord, when we move on from here, that you're alive, that you are well, and that you're at work in the world right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Earlier this year, Cole Swan, he's one of our board members, one of our elders, he works for a power company, and they are keeping him at home so he's not exposed because it's real important that we have power right now. Amen? I appreciate that. So he's not here right now. I, I trust he's watching. But he had three words that he said God gave him for this year. First one is recommit. Recommit. The next one is rebuild. We're certainly in a rebuilding process. And renew. God is renewing things. He always does that. He makes things brand new. Here we are today. I'm going to talk about recommitting today. And hopefully not just talk about it. We're going to jump from the story of Peter. Powerful story of his call. Peter had to recommit, though, after that first call, didn't he? Yes? Maybe more than once? I can relate with Peter. I mean, he just says what he thinks, right? (laughs) Speak now, pay later. But God loved him, and God used him. So let's go to Joshua, okay? Ah, We're in the New Testament. Let's jump back to Joshua. I've been reading through Joshua. We're going to go to the end of the book, the 24th chapter. And this is at the very end of Joshua's career. Uh, He is one of the few people that have been with Moses. He left Egypt. He experienced the deliverance in the Red Sea. He experienced those years and the wilderness, and he was a man of faith. He told everyone, hey, we got to get up and we got to go get everything God has promised us. And for them, it was land. Promised land. But it just wasn't handed to them on a silver platter. I wish everything that God had for us was just handed to us. And a lot of it is. But a lot of it We gotta obey, we gotta walk, we gotta fight. Fight the good fight. 
but the battle isn't ours, it's already won, so we're not fighting from a place of, oh, you know, our own strength. God said, if you trust me and obey me, I will fight for you and these nations will flee. And Joshua experienced that. But he's about to die. He's about to go. This is the last thing he said. Usually in the Bible, if you read the last things people say before they die, you know, you want to make it count. You want to, this is what I'm going to be remembered for. So let's just, let's just jump in here. Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Long ago your fathers lived beyond the Euphrates. Terah, the father of Abraham, I mean, he's going way back here. They served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river. I led him through to the land of Canaan. I made his offspring many. I gave him Isaac. And to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau, and I gave Esau the hill country of Seir to possess, but Jacob and his children went down to Egypt, and I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt with what I did in the midst of it, and afterwards I brought you out. Jump down to verse 13, because he's going to go line by line with everything God did, and you can read it, it's good stuff, it's good to remember what God did, amen? All right, that's your testimony. Remembering what God has done. Verse 13, I gave you a land on which you had not labored, cities that you had not built, and you dwell in them. You eat the fruit of vineyards and olive orchards you did not plant. What a good God. Now therefore, verse 14, fear the Lord. This is a word for those folks, guys. This is a word for us. Solid. Fear the Lord. That means have a healthy respect of his power. And serve him. Serve him. In sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt. And serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, you got to make a choice, guys. Choose this day. Let's all say this day. This day. Choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Here's those famous words. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen? Amen. All right. So, all of us have a window of opportunity. It's called this day. This is all we've got, guys. This is it. We've got today. Glad you joined us. This is a window of opportunity.
Choose this day. Joshua was re-establishing the covenant with his people because he knew once he left, who knows what they would do. And if you read the book of Judges, they didn't do too good. But they didn't have what we have. We have the entire Bible. How many know, though, you can read the entire Bible and you can still sin? We have the cross. We have Jesus. We have the cross that's empty. We have the tomb that's empty. We have the words of Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit. He's here right now. But there's a lot of people that have had all those things, and yet they still, they don't make it. Okay? We have to reestablish the covenant in our lives, I believe. That's why we take communion. Thought about doing that again today. We still could. We've got it next door. We reestablish our covenant with God this day. We recommit. You see, at the beginning of his career, after they crossed the Jordan River and came into the land, before they came to Jericho, they had to recommit. Moses had given them the covenant on the mountain. That's a whole story in and of itself. There was lightning, thunder. It was... Fantastic. But they had to recommit before they went into the promised land. And then they had to recommit again. So recommitment is a process. It's an ongoing process that we all need to do. Because we all kind of, we slip away very, very easily. And so before they entered their destiny... God had them recommit. And I believe everyone here, everyone that's listening, has an amazing destiny in God. God made us all for a purpose, for a reason. You are special. You are one of a kind. You are unique. There is something that God has for you to do that no one else can accomplish except for you. Put your name in there. And so you need to commit, though, to that process. God commits everything to you. You need to commit to him. I had a wake-up call this week. A little wake-up call. I, I kind of feel like I dodged a bullet this week. I, I was with someone that tested positive for coronavirus. Oh, no. And so Sunday I found out. I got on the phone, I got on the internet, found a testing place, open Monday, got in, that was a miracle. Got in and out in 10 minutes, that was a huge miracle. Got my test results in two days, that was a bigger miracle. Miracle, miracle, miracle. And uh, I'd just like to announce, you'll be pleased to know that I tested negative. Okay, I'm dumb, but I'm not stupid. So, <laughs> so when you come out of a wake-up call like that, though, 
It's like, woohoo! I mean, I was ready to hunker down. I had my stack of books to read. I discovered The Chosen. What you got to see is a little clip from The Chosen. Wasn't that good? Wasn't that just fantastic? And that was straight out of Luke 5. That was just pure scripture. Well, there's some fictional background story to that. That's really, really good. It's seeing the eyes of Jesus, seeing Jesus through the eyes of those who knew him the best. That's what the producers wanted to do. And there's eight episodes, and they want to produce more, but it's kind of hard to produce things right now. And uh, so uh, VidAngel got on board with the, pro- with the project. And uh, if you want to Google it, it's just great. It's on YouTube. There's an app for it. Uh, I might order some DVDs for those of you who just don't. Apps make you sick when you hear that word. So low-tech or high-tech, this is good stuff. And uh, so I just wanted to show that as an illustration, but also say, hey, there's some good stuff out there. So I watched them all, watched them twice, watched the background, watched the making of, watched the interviews with the director, watched the actors. I mean, I love all that stuff. I just enjoy it. It was fun and inspirational. So win-win. So I was prepared to hunker down, had all my (laughs) food in place and Yeah, so I still, though, when I found out that I did not have to stay home for two weeks, I was a little bit relieved. And I was looking out the window, and I thought, wow, thank you, Lord. Now, if you're listening today and you're hunkered down and you've been diagnosed, hey, just get through it now with the peace of Jesus, with the health of Jesus. We're praying for you. You're not less than if you catch a virus, okay? It it could happen to anybody. I'm going to be talking about that a little bit. But this is one thing my wife said, great woman of wisdom. She is. She said, well, because I thought she'd be freaked out. What? You're going to get tested? No, she just said, hey, the way it is right now, we're all one person away from getting the virus, <laughs> pretty much. So, uh, hey, and I just thought I'll just take that a step further. We're all one breath away from dying. Yeah? Let's just get real today, folks. Let's take the candy coating off. Let's take the, the foam off the cappuccino. Get down to the good stuff. Make it real. We're one breath away from the sweet by and by. So it makes me ask myself and it makes me want to ask you, are you ready? Are you ready? I'm going to ask you again. Are you ready? Have you made preparations? I mean, we're young. When we're young, we think we're invincible. We can do anything, right? Yeah. And I don't know. For me, 40 was the magic number. And that was 22 years ago. When I turned 40, I was like, I need to take care of myself. 
so I started running. When I couldn't do that anymore, I started walking really fast. <laughs> started eating better nutrition-wise. Yeah. Dialed back the Big Macs. Started taking better care of this, what God calls a temple. It's just a place where he lives, right? So it's not a question of if you will go. It's not a question of if you will die. It's just when. Now, Jesus had a really healthy attitude about this because they were out to get him. He was in many close calls, scrapes. And he knew, as God's son, he had a mission to fulfill, and he was going to be on planet Earth until he fulfilled that mission. Now, are you and I sons, of da- sons and daughters of God? Well, if we believe in his name, according to John 3, put our trust in him, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll be saved. Okay, so, yay, we're saved by faith. And it's grace. It's God doing it all for us. It's not us working toward that. But we've got to walk in truth. We've got to walk in love. We've got to walk in obedience. We're going to talk about how to, how to walk as we recommit. So it, it's not if, it's when. And... Unless you plan on being here when Jesus comes back, which my mother, she's 84, she says, I'm, I'm going to be here. Okay, Mom. <laughs> if you're here, I guess I'm going to be here. <laughs> if you plan on being here when Jesus comes back, that's the end of the world anyway, okay? <laughs> all right, that's the end of the line. Time is over. So, we all take risks we all take risks. Um, when you leave your house, you're taking a risk. When you get in your car, you're taking a risk. When you get on the road, right? So you don't know who's going to be coming at you. You don't know. You're on 360, the, the toll road. It's easy to get on that road and go the wrong way. Happens all the time. You don't know if someone's going to be coming straight forward for you. So... You can be freaked out and say, I'm never getting on 360, the toll road. Or you can get on it and say, well, I'm taking a risk. I better be a little extra vigilant. If someone's coming for me, I'm going to dodge, okay? Uh, when you get on an airplane, you take a risk, especially now. I don't even want to get on an airplane, okay? And I love flying. I love it. I love that feeling. That feeling when you take off and it's just so fun. But you take a risk. You're trusting your life to that pilot. You're trusting your life to an un, un to laws we don't understand, the law of lift. I mean, you're in this thing that's heavy, it's tons. Why why should that thing get up in the air? It doesn't make any sense, folks. But it works. You take a risk. And, and when you go to the store, when you go shopping, when you go to Walmart, especially when you go to Walmart, I mean, you're taking a risk. 
So I just want to let you know today, you're all a bunch of risk takers. You know, you took a risk when you came in person today. But don't we have to be, guys, don't we have to be to live on this planet? We can't stay home all the time. Like I've said before, when you're staying home, you're risking that a tree's not going to fall on your house. You're risking that a freak tornado could pick up your roof and dump it behind. I mean, guys, we were in that room over across the way a few hours before a tornado hit. Thank you, Jesus. We weren't all taken. I'll fly away, oh glory. <laughs> we would have. Okay, so let's not, let's not stay there. I think you understand. So we live on a violent, unpredictable planet. It's like people that build a house, and they do it all over the world at the base of a volcano. Anywhere in Hawaii, if you live there, you are taking a risk. If you live in California, you're taking a risk. There could be an earthquake at any second. And here it's Tornado Alley. Hallelujah. <laughs> so since we live on planet Earth, we have to be risk takers. Now there are those who take risks for a living. If you're as old as me, you remember Evil Knievel? Anyone remember him? Uh, there's the, the, the flying Walendas. I think their kids or grandkids are now on TV. I don't know. Uh, I watched this documentary called Free Solo about this guy that climbed El Capitan at Yosemite with no ropes, nothing, just a little chalk on his fingers. And they made a documentary about it. I kept telling myself, it's probably okay. They made a documentary about it. So some people are greater risk takers than others. So this is how we can choose to not live in fear. We can be prepared. Have you given your life to God? Have you recommitted? Have you committed? Are you his? Have you answered that call that Jesus gives, not just to Peter, James, John, Andrew, he said, follow me, and he said, follow me to all of us. And they had to take this huge risk, everything they'd known, their livelihood, those nets that had just caught all those fish, and they had to put them down, and they had to trust this wild man that said, I will make you fishers of men. And later on, Peter says to his wife, he was married, <laughs> that was a risk right there. I'm quitting my job, and I'm going to follow this guy I just met. He said, he told me I would be fishing for men. And I don't even know what that means. I have no clue, and there's so much in the Bible that we just don't know. But we answer this call because we've had an experience with God. So we've got Psalm 91. We talked about that two weeks ago. Are you walking in his protection? 
Do you declare, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him I trust. I don't trust the weather. I don't trust the volcanoes. I don't trust the pilots, the airplanes, the other drivers. I do not trust them <laughs> texting and driving. Bad. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> and I've probably done it more than all of you <laughs> in a former life. I trust God. Amen. Okay, so that's why we need to be. Are, are we walking in his protection? Are we walking in his protection all the time? Okay, this is where we want to be. We need to be in his word. We need to know what his word says. We need to know what we can and cannot do, right? If I do this, I'm probably not under his protection. <laughs> if I do this over here, yeah. Okay, we need to be in the Word. We need to be connected to each other. It's so important right now. There is protection together. That's why, you know, if, if, you're, if you're part of our online community, we want it to be an online community. This was never meant to be spectator. We're, we're to interact. We're all here together. All right, we need to be connected with the Word. We need to be connected with each other, and that connection, yes, it's, it's, it's vertical. When I'm connected correctly here, I can be connected correctly here, and it all fits together beautiful. Okay, so we need to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We need to be listening to his voice. We need the power of the baptism of the Spirit now more than ever. In the book of Acts, they were... Very much risk takers, did some crazy stuff. But they did it because the Holy Spirit told them to do it. We need the baptism of the Spirit. We need the full range of all of the gifts of the Spirit right now. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, read it. We need to live it. But the gifts were meant to operate in a body. The gifts were meant to operate in a, through a group of people. A committed community of people who take risks for each other. Because sometimes I take greater risks if it's for somebody I love. And that's the risk that Jesus took in leaving heaven because God so loved the world. All right. When we're hidden in him, when the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When I'm following him, then come what may, I'm safe. I'm safe. For too long, for too long we've had a, a false sense of security, especially in this nation. We've had this artificial protection. So did Israel. Okay, they were God's ch chosen. Nothing can happen to us. We have, it says in, in Jeremiah, they actually said, the temple of the Lord. God will never destroy us. We have, we, you know, it was like a good luck charm to them. I got my Bible at home. 
I keep a verse, a scripture on my dashboard. I wear a cross at all times. You know, it doesn't work like that, folks. I, I was born in, in the U.S. of A. Okay. Great. That's wonderful. Jeremiah had to confront the people of his day and say, look, you say the right things, but it's not in your heart. So what do we do? Okay, we have to take and make good use of the times we find ourselves in. We have to make good use of this hour that we are living in right now. And it's true in a pandemic or not, whatever circumstances. So you get thrown in jail. A lot of great people have been in jail. This is what they did. They made good use of their time. Joseph used his gifts. He didn't shut down his gifting because he was behind bars. Paul wrote letters. Some of the men that I've met going behind the walls get an education and study the Bible. Wherever you find yourself in, you can make the best of that with God's help. So we can sit around and mope about our circumstances. We can be paralyzed with fear. Or we can call out to God and reevaluate our lives. We can get some education. We can learn. We can reach out to others in any way we can. We can make preparations. Okay, I'm not a prepper, just so you know. But I want to be prepared for whatever. I want to have my lamp filled with oil. There's a parable about some people that were not ready for the wedding. They were not prepared. I want to be ready when the bridegroom comes back. So I've got just a few points that I'm going to share today. Number one, if you've got to be a risk taker anyway to live on this planet, be a risk taker for God. Take risks for him. When we went to Rio Bravo, Mexico, a lot of people said, we don't go there. We won't go there. God said, go. So we went. And God took care of us. Now, we looked at the enemy in the face a few times. But God covered us. If God says go, you go. Guy and Ann, when they go to Kenya, they face things we'll never imagine. Bobby goes to Nepal, hikes out in the mountains where no other white man will go, takes huge risks, but revival sometimes comes when we take the risks. If God's calling us to do it, if God's calling us to do it. We need to realize that risks have rewards. Jesus risked everything to come to earth and to save us. He risked his reputation when he talked to people that people in his day just did not talk to. He talked to the woman at the well. 
He had dinner with sinners. That was a sinner dinner, okay? <laughs> Peter risked everything when he put down his nets to follow the Messiah. And we have to know, guess what? You know what the ultimate risk is? Death. Jesus said, if you've got to count the cost, when you follow him, it could lead to martyrdom in many countries. It does. If you get baptized in water publicly, what do you do? Do you just not do it? No, you obey and trust the Lord to take care of you. If you're ready to be with Jesus, then you're always good. Connie reminded me of the story last weekend. Uh, anyone remember Ross Shipman? Ross was here for a while, uh, helped us. Great guy, love Ross. He got married last weekend. So um, we sent a little something, couldn't go to the wedding. Sent a little something. I was talking to Connie, she goes, oh yeah, Ross. He's the one that was preaching on the edge of the Grand Canyon. He jumped off onto this ledge and everyone turned their head and they looked and they couldn't believe that he was out there on this rocky pinnacle. And so while everyone was staring at him with their jaws dropped, starts preaching the gospel at him. He'd just come from some conference in California was full of faith and power. So Connie grabbed, and I'm just sitting on the front row going, amen, bro, you just go for it. You know? Connie, she chased him down after the service. She said, you know, you could have been killed. He goes, you sound like my mom. <laughs> okay, folks, I'm not saying take a risk just to take a risk for risk's sake. If I'm going to jump out on the edge of the Grand Canyon, well, right now, in my 60s, it would be God if I jumped out. <laughs> but let's say I was 22 or whatever age. You better hear a word from God to do that, right? Are you just being presumptuous? The devil tempted Jesus with Psalm 91. Oh, 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 oh. He said, come on, jump, Jesus, jump. Jump, jump, jump. The angels will pick you up. It says in Psalm 91. They'll rescue you. Just, Jesus. I don't know why Jesus even talked to the devil, right? He did so we'd have a record in the word, so that we'd have something to say. Exactly. Get out of my way. Don't tempt the Lord your God. So I'm not saying do dumb things in the name of the Lord. Do what he tells you, and if it's a risk, it's worth it. Can we move on to the next point? Do you all have that? I don't want to see on Facebook. Pastor told us to take risks. I'm at Walmart without a mask. All right. <laughs> Number two, be prepared. There's a reason Granny stuffed her mattress with money. You know why? Talking about my grannies. She lived through the Great Depression when all the banks closed down and you couldn't get your money, right? 
there's a reason you might want to stock up on a little bit of food right now. Yeah? Remember going and there the shelves were empty. Yeah? I grabbed things that I would never buy just because they were there. There's a reason why you might want an extra case or two of toilet paper. And, and you know, when I was at the Grand Canyon recently, Recently, I went on a long hike, 12 and a half miles, down, back up. There's a reason you take plenty of water, and you know where you can get refills. You plan ahead. Folks, in this hour, we need to be prepared. What does that mean spiritually? That we're committed on a daily basis that we're reading the word of, of God, that we're connected, we're not out there isolated, that we're, we're listening. If God tells you to grab two jars of spaghetti sauce and then tells you drop it off at Cheryl's, you're about to get a lot of spaghetti sauce. Um, I read a, a story recently about a pastor's wife she had a well-to-do member of her congregation that wasn't feeling well, and God told her to bring her, I'll make up three items, I know one of them for sure, I remember, but some, some a, a beef roast, a uh, package of toilet paper, and there was one other item. Okay, we'll say a can of tuna. Three specific things, and she told her husband, the pastor, I feel like the Lord told me to bring these items to, to miss such and such. And he's like, oh, they're going to think that we think they need toilet paper? You know, that's kind of an insult. I mean, right now, in the here and now, that's, you know, probably a good thing. If God tells you to release some of your precious Charmin, you know, that would have to be God. So... But he knew his wife, and he knew she heard from God. So after he got over the initial little embarrassment, he said, go for it, honey. I trust you. So she brought it over. The lady said, oh, I've been so sick. I haven't been able to get to the grocery store. I needed, I had everything but the meat for my dinner. So thank you for the roast. And we had just run out of toilet paper. And by the way, you brought our favorite brand. Now that had to be God, Amen. So we stay prepared by staying connected and being obedient and not just hoarding, but being willing to let go when God says, let go. That's part of being prepared. Don't you hate that feeling of being unprepared? Don't you just hate it? Uh, for a test in school, oh, I have the cold sweats. The, oh, no. You know, those pop quizzes they used to give us. I don't know if that's a thing anymore. It should be outlawed. I think it was outlawed. But anyway, uh, for a dinner, maybe you invited someone over and, and you, you, you have nothing ready. That's just rude, right? Or for a trip. You want to be prepared for a trip. You want to have your car checked over. You want to have plenty of snacks. Okay? So we need to be prepared. The thing is, though, that once the crisis is passed, we usually go back to our old ways. We did it after 
We did it after the crash of 2008. And guess what? If everything went back to normal tomorrow, we'd probably go back to normal, right? So let's take this as a lesson, folks. The new normal needs to be a new walk with Jesus Christ. The new normal needs to be a committed relationship, dependent on the Holy Spirit. All right, number three, be obedient to God's word. The general word, Ten Commandments, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not, thou shalt. Okay? And then the specific word, if God says to do something, take a risk, do it. Drop off that toilet paper. Do what you need to do. God told Joshua at the beginning of his career, the book of the law, the book of the teachings will not depart out of your mouth. Be obedient. Finally, number four, and I'm closing with this, folks. Be strong and courageous. Jeremy, could you come up? Be strong and courageous. Three times at the beginning of the book of Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not let fear get a grip on your heart. If the Lord your God is with you, and he is, he is with you wherever you go. That's the word of the Lord. And in the New Testament, Ephesians 6, the Lord says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's not a day to back off. It's a day to charge ahead, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right. Let's stand together. If you're at home, you don't have to stand. You can if you want. All right. We're going to recommit right here, right now, okay? Is that okay? Amen. You know, we sang it already. I didn't request it, but I could have requested the I Surrender song. How many times have we sung that, though, and we've just sung it and then moved on to the next thing? So today, you know, as for me and my house, We'll serve the Lord. We'll serve the Lord. Amen? Let's just make that commitment. You know, that's called being all in. Christian life is not a pick-and-choose buffet. It's either you is or you're not. So, Lord, today in this place, in this house, we say we will serve you. We say no to fear. We say no to doubt. We say no to the enemy. God, just fill us up with your Holy Spirit. Give us an encounter with you. Lord, we recommit ourselves to the path that you've called us to. And, and if anyone's listening today and you've never committed in the first place, just it's as easy as just saying, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my heart. Lord, come on in. Lord, I need you. I need you today. And I just just ask him for an experience. You know, in the book of Acts, they had experiences. Jesus gave experiences to people that caused them, that helped them to be grounded in their faith. So, Lord, I'm just praying that we would have experiences with you, confirmations, Lord, divine appointments, connections, whatever it takes. 
thank you, Lord, that you're with us wherever we go, that the battle is yours. And God, today we say we commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's close in worship, and I just pray you have an amazing, awesome week, that you have testimonies this week of how God meets you. And take those good risks, those God risks, and he'll meet you every time.